Yes, and welcome again to the Proper Podcast. Thank you all for joining us. We are fucking over the moon to have you here. We've got another blinding show for you this week. We're going to be talking about the controversial Jonas and Mayer. Yes, it was a bit tasty at the end. You didn't know which way it went. And when it went the old Jonas way, a lot of people said, hold on a fucking minute, that's not right, is it? Yes, some people said that uh, Mayer had to go get a knockout to get a draw, and um, it does sort of seem that way now, so we shall be diving into that a little bit. We shall be talking about Mungia versus Ryder over in Arizona, and a little bit of Crocker versus Felix, which is an interesting fight. And on top of that, just boxing news in general, just all the shit going down, Hopper tires, left fury camp, is there a little bit more to dissect there than meets the eye? Who knows? We shall be delving into that as well. So yes, I'm joined by the chaps, Kaya and Johnny B. Great to have you here, chaps, once again. Um, but I do need to pick you up on something. Um, as I did mention the other day, um, unsure if you have been pulling your weight, So uh, I just want to talk about um, the five versus five picks that we come up with last week, which I put on my channel. Um, And I'd just like to tell you some of the comments that came back. Okay, so I've got them here. And uh, yeah, I think think it does kind of, you know, uh, prove my point that you are uh, falling behind. Uh, So the first comment, are you boys pissed? (laughs) Right. Second comment, research has left the chat. That's that's the one that got the most most likes. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, another comment down here. What the fuck are you lot talking about? Are you sloshed? So a lot of people basically think we were pissed doing that, um, but we weren't. We weren't. Um, however, you know, the double turkey rung me up. He said, fucking hell, yard versus off a tire. He said, bloody hell. I didn't think of that. Props, that's a fucking blinding fight. We'll get off a tire down in weight and we'll have some of that. He said, fucking bring it on. I mean, yeah, some of them were good. Some of them people might not agree with, but it's all opinions, isn't it? And it's all a bit of a fantasy at the minute. So we'll see what happens when the double turkey brings it to us. Anyway, let's move on. So I think uh, we should be talking about a bit of Jonas Mayer first, eh? Yeah, so a controversial decision. Many would agree that was a controversial decision. Uh, Johnny B, I'm coming to you first. Give me your thoughts on the fight and the overall decision. First of all, I thought it was an amazing fight. I thought both girls, they put it all on the line. They both went for it. Um, I feel that as I was watching the fight, I wasn't scoring it, right? And as the fight finished, I thought to myself, Mayer's won that fight. I had her winning the last four rounds, right? But I wasn't scoring it, right? But I just felt like the motion was with Maya. I felt like she was pressing. I felt like there was more damage. You're looking at the fight. I'm looking at Natasha Jonas. I'm thinking to myself, if this goes on another one, two, three rounds, she's done. She's, she'll, she'll get her out of there. And I was also thinking, if this was three-minute rounds, I felt like Natasha Jonas was fading <clears throat> towards the end of every round. Um, so I don't know if that's what... Like, you know, everyone's thinking when they're, they're watching a fight. I actually went and watched the fight the next day and I scored it, right? And I scored the fight a draw, right? I don't mean to be sitting Ooh, on the fence, but I, splinters I out your arse, son. However, Get those splinters out your bum, old boy. However, splinters. however, right? Sorry, however, I it would have been 96 95 Mayer, right? 96, 95 Mayer, and then, or if, if I gave a 10-10, which I wanted to for the sixth round, 
it would have been a draw. 10 10s. That's what I would have done. Fucking love a 10 10, this fella does. Can I you know say, that? So you go, well, every time I say 10 10, you get your knickers in a twist, right? The thing is, the 10 10 is like, there's so much on the line. Like all this money, people's careers. You know what people, they're, they're like, these promoters? That like, If you get a loss, like, where's Mayer going to go now? Is Natasha Jonas. Joe Gallagher, Ben Schlom, are they going to give the rematch to Mayer there? I don't think they are. I think they're going to think, right, we'll just swerve that. We've got that name on our record. don't think they are. So I just think, so when there's so much on the line, these fighters are doing these training camps. They're going in there. They're risking their lives. All this money's on the line. And, it, like, you can't say 10-10 if you're looking at a round. So it's fucking hard to score some of those rounds. So, anyway, I, I could have. there's no way I could have seen Natasha Jonas winning a fight, but I could easily see how that fight was a draw. Can easily see how it was a draw. Kaya, shaking your head, bruv. I mean, look, you say knickers in a twist. You're the one parent wearing the fucking knickers, mate, putting your 10-10s. Always love a little 10-10, don't you? I think 10-10 should be ousted from the sport. I don't think judges should be allowed to do 10-10s because I feel like there's always a case to be made for one fighter to win it either way, right? Whether it's pressure whether it's, you know, uh, good defensive skills, whether it's landed more shots, it's always a case. Even if it's, you know, a cigarette paper in it, you should always be able to lean towards one fight. Whether you get it right or wrong, it means you've made a decision. You ain't fucking pulled on a pair of stockings and, you know what I mean, bowled around your ass like Oscar De La Hoya. But for me, Jonas lost the fight. <laughs> fucking no. From saying a 10-10, sitting in my own house, minding my fucking beeswax, yeah? I've gone from putting a 10-10 to now fucking cross-dressing like Oscar fucking De La Hoya. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ, so, man. For me, Jonas, Jonas lost. I've, I've done it. <clears throat> I've watched it twice and I scored it the same way both ways. It was 97-93. The second judge was absolutely on the money. I can't find anywhere online the judges' official scorecards, so I can't see how they've broken each round down. But I gave Jonas the first, maybe the sixth, and possibly the eighth, and that was it. I mean, the second was a swing round, but the the, the rounds at mile one were clear. You didn't clear, give her dominating. Third. You didn't give her Natasha Jonas the third round. It might have been the third. I've wrote it down, but I didn't give her any more. Uh, have I wrote it down here? Anyway, don't, I didn't give her any more than three rounds, right? Um, but my the one the one uh, the rounds Maya one was clear, and the whole fight she was walking her down. And don't get me wrong, Jonas was slipping sometimes and catching with some sort of really eye catching counters, and and they were they were nice to see. They were few and far between, but the damage was by Maya. I agree, and it weren't like it was a you know fifty fifty fight. They were trading. She was just walking her down pretty much the whole fight. No, landed at will, fight. big heavy shots as well, bust her eye up as well. See her eye all busted up at the end? I think she was end, hurt a few times. So this, you know the fight's over 10 rounds. So at the end of the fight, I, I think I'll give Maya the last four rounds. So the damage, she was getting to her, she was breaking down. But at the beginning of the fight, as she, as she was putting the pressure on. But just because you're putting pressure on, it weren't like she John, wasn't connecting with loads of punches. Johnny B, she outlanded her in seven of the 10 rounds. That's a fact. That ain't me. That ain't like subjective. That's a fact. <clears throat> she outlanded her everywhere. At seven of the 10 rounds. And even the rounds where she didn't, they were close rounds. So 97, 93 was fair. You could go 96, 94. Was it a robbery? Uh, in, in my mind, it might be a little bit of a robbery. Not Jack Catchell style robbery, of course. But I thought she clearly won the fight. The round she clearly won, I thought she clearly won. And um, I thought the commentary was diabolical. And even Dave Colwell, after he's done a couple of interviews, straight after the thing, he said, oh, it was a draw. I, don't, I haven't heard of Tony Bellew and all the scouts lot. They'd probably give it to Jonas. 
<clears throat> if that's the other way around, there's an uproar. Fact. Fact. If Nat- Natasha Jonas gets robbed, there's a massive uproar. So, you know, we've got to keep it real, haven't we? just got to be honest about it. I think, she lost I th- the fight, mate, in my I opinion. Think, let me just say this before it goes over. I'll say this, right? The last 20, 30 seconds where Mayer was going to work, right? I felt like at the start of the fight, over the first five rounds, five or six rounds, that last 30 seconds, I was looking at it, I was thinking, I don't know if you've won the round there. It looked good at the end, putting the pressure on, you backing her up. But there was two minutes in the round. At the first minute and a half, you you wasn't really effective with your punches. And I thought, Jonas, she was on the back four. I thought there was cleaner eye-catching work from her. There was. In about four four rounds, yeah? Possibly five. I'd say one of them I could have given a 10-10. I'd say Maya... Maybe by a round, but I could easily see how it was a draw as well. I don't. No, yeah, I don't agree. I don't agree. I thought I thought she was walking her down, landing some big heavy shots. I don't think it was tippy tappy stuff. She was really trying to hurt her in there, Mayor. And she come on strong, and towards the end of the fight, she won a majority of the, of the last five rounds, majority. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that easily swung it in her favour. And if I'm her, I'm going to the IBF asking for a rematch. Yeah, I'm going. That's you know, I want I want this scorecard broken down. Someone tell me how I've lost. Six rounds here, because that's what one of the judges had it had. She lost six rounds. Oh, God, I'm not having it. I'm not having it. I watched it twice. I didn't watch it on the night, but I watched it in the morning, and then I watched it um, last night as well. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't score it, but just as a whole, I felt may have done enough. If we're going off of compy box stats, which some people think you can't really go off that, some people think you can, but if we are saying that Maya landed... 149 punches. She threw yeah, 149 more and landed 49 total punches landed from Maya. 125 from Jonas. Uh, power punches, 137 from Maya. And then 110 from for Jonas. That's kind of an obvious difference, isn't it? So It is. I think just just in general, watching it twice and seeing Maya, I thought I thought the same. I, I I would have given her like the last four rounds if I'd have been scoring it as a whole. I thought she was dominant in that. I thought Natasha started off okay in the first two rounds, um, but then yeah, Maya just took over for me. And uh, yeah, judging by as a whole, looking at the fight twice, I thought Maya done enough, as I say. And then looking at the compy box stats, I think it's just for me, it's clear Maya. Clear Maya. I know with the company bot stats, you've got to take into account, you know, um, pressure and yeah, but pressure's a scoring uh, factor. Um, and if whoever's pressurizing the fight, yeah, should should get. You've always said that, John, didn't you? Always, whoever's pressurizing the fight, yeah. Look, in terms of pressure, that's that's a scoring criteria, right? But I'm saying when you're when you can't get your range and you're putting the pressure on and you're throwing from out of fucking range and you're missing. And even if you are hitting, they're like tippy tappy punches. They might be hitting arms. We have a couple get through, but the, the person's on the de- defensively is moving back and they're moving you around the ring. They've still got plenty of, you know, energy inside of them that you're not breaking them down. They're catching you with clean eye catching work. I look at that as the fight that round finishes and I look at the damage of both fighters. And if I'm looking at fire A that was in defensive mode, but their energy tank is fine. They're in control. They're not flustered at all. There's clean punches being connected there. I look at that. That pressure don't really mean that much to me. What means a lot to me in a fight is, are you pressuring the opponent and what's the damage like? Damage to me, because this is a fucking fight at the end of the day. Two people getting in there. Who's going to break who down? So the back end of that fight, I'm looking at Maya, 100%. I feel like I gave her about four rounds. Because at the end of each round, I thought, fucking Jonas is blowing here. Damage, I... But in the first part of that fight, 
I didn't see the damage on Jonas. And I felt Jonas's gas tank held up for the first four to five rounds. That's why there was a, quite a few rounds that I gave her, like maybe four rounds to say one of them might have been a 10-10. But look, I've got no arguments with Maya winning, but I didn't think it was that wide. I just thought she so wasn't based on that, then, John. The start. Based on that, you've given Maya the last four rounds. You must have given her only one of the first six. Yeah, I, I, I gave her. I, t- I, I gave one. T- I gave the first three rounds to Jonas. I gave the fourth to uh, Maya. Uh, I gave the fifth to Jonas. I gave the sixth to Maya, and it f- and that was it. And then the last, the last five rounds, I gave to Maya. I gave the first four rounds uh, to to Jonas. There must have been a 10-10 in there, then or will say. I don't know, whatever. <clears throat> for whatever. I think they should do it again. Like I don't fight, think Jonas. Though. Listen, it was yeah. a wonderful fight. And, and Jonas landed some really nice work of her own in there. So let's not discredit her. What she's done for, for the women's game is unbelievable. She's a trailblazer. You know, it was Jane Couch. Then then come, come along, you know, Natasha Jonas. She's called Miss GB for a reason. She was the original. And, um, you know, a lot to be said for her. She's 40 years of age, still doing it at this level. But she lost the fight. It's that simple. And I don't think, look, if I'm her, I don't even bother with a rematch because I think she'll probably lose the rematch and then she doesn't get the big Katie Taylor fight. So she's looking to cash out now, isn't she? And fair, fair play. You can't argue against that. If she wants to cash out, get the Katie, Ta- Katie Taylor fight somehow. But I don't know how they make that fight happen. What's in it for Katie, really, to fight Natasha well, Jones at this yeah, point? I think, I think there's, it's probably one of the biggest money fights out there. Isn't it? Who's a bigger money fight other than Serrano? I mean, Taylor Serrano's the one in it because there's a question mark whether she won that fight. But Taylor definitely beat Jonas. Terry Harper arguably beat Jonas. That was a closer decision, by the way. Terry Harper, Jonas, than this one, in my opinion. That was yeah. real close. Could have give that either way. But um, I mean, look, maybe get the winner of Sandy Ryan, Terry Harper, which is happening soon. That might be a fight for Natasha Jonas. Then there's a winnable fight there, maybe. I don't know. Oh, look, Jonas, she just wants to cash out. Now, in terms of Michaela Meyer, I think it has to be a rematch. I think the people should demand it. I mean, if Ben, you know, any people at Sky, if they could get that rematch on, I think that would sell. I think that would do good numbers, right? Mm. However, however, she wants to just cash out, Natasha Jonas. You say she's 40 years of age. But let me tell you this. Old Jamie Moore, right, Chantel Cameron, they just will not leave it alone, will they, with Katie Taylor? Like, oh, I've never known a trilogy where the the A-Fires had home advantage three times. I think to myself, I know one. Fucking Wilder Fury straight away off the top of my head. Jamie Moore, mm. I actually love Jamie Moore. I listen to most of his interviews that pop, right? But at the minute, I'm just like gritty teeth every time they come out, like Chantel Cameron. Do you believe that he reckons there's better, there's better fights out there that are financially better off? No way. Because they want to go to Saudi. Well, fair enough, if you can cover what Katie Taylor would have earned in Ireland somewhere else, and then, yeah, maybe there's an option. Cameron's there. got no belts this. now. This is what I'd do if I'm Katie Taylor. Fuck Chantel Cameron, you've got the last victory over her. So that stands better than the first victory because it's the last time we fought, I beat you, right? Fuck Chantel Cameron, in my opinion. Don't go that way. Natasha Jonas, there you go. There you go. Croke Park, 80,000 people. I like that fight more for Katie Taylor than I do the Chantel Cameron fight. I think Katie Taylor has an amazing career. She's coming towards the end of her career. She don't need this big, massive fight against Chantel Cameron. Go and fight Natasha Jonas. I think she beats Natasha Jonas easily. It's a nice little fight for her. It's a little send-off. Go back to Bray. Job done. I don't think there's any way that uh, Ben and Natasha 
go for a rematch. I, I, I might, I might be proved wrong, but I just don't see there's any way. Oh, what with Katie Taylor? No, no, no. With um, with Maya. Later. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not. What, what's the point? I mean, it's no good. Like she, like you say, she's probably got one or two left in her. Do you really want to take that risk and lose to Maya when you know you probably lost the first time? Nah. I don't think they'll be crying out for that mm. rematch. I don't. Maya will, obviously, but um, I can't see it. Unless unless Jonas does a full full 180 and go, okay, I'm hearing the noise here, and it looks like I do need to rematch her to prove a point. But I think they'll kind of look at it and go, let's fucking leave that there and see what else we can get out as a big cash out because I've only got one left. She might only have one left. I mean, she's you say she's 40 now, isn't she? So, yeah. Look, there, there is another fight out there, chaps. It's the Jessica McCaskill fight, isn't it? I believe she's oh. got most of the other belts. Yeah, but it's, it's a way of becoming undisputed, right? It's to chase the welterweight belts. She beats Jessica McCaskill. I don't rate her at all, actually. So that could be a fight that could be done in Saudi on an undercard, world title unification. You can sell it that way, um, which gives her a payday. And maybe if she wins that fight, you get a bit more juice going into a potential Katie Taylor fight down the line. But right now, I don't think that sells that Katie Taylor fight because she's already beaten her once. Everyone thinks she's lost this fight. I was on tw- on Twitter. I, don't, I didn't see anyone giving it to Jonas other than, you know, a few hometown uh, people. I saw a Everyone couple. gave not, it to Maya. I saw a couple, but nah, not many. 95% gave it to Maya. So then she needs to kind of rebuild a little bit, even though she won the fight, as strange as that sounds, before you start going on getting it in there with Katie Taylor. So I would say go chase... Jessica McCaskill. I just think the whole Chantel Cameron and Jamie Moore, the moaning they're doing about the Katie Taylor fight. Bad. If I was Katie yeah. Taylor, I'd be like, you know, fuck them. Well, they need me more than I need them. And I'm the fucking A-side there. I've, I won the last fight, which he did yeah. win the last fight. All that holding nonsense. No way, man. But uh, yeah, anyway, Natasha Jones. But they're saying about Lauren Price. So she's, you know, ringside, the GB star and that. Obviously, it's what they're trying to do. The camera was panning on her all the time. But obviously, Lauren Price needs yeah. Natasha Jonas more than Natasha Jonas needs Lauren mm. Price. But you know it was a good fight? That Lauren Price, throw her in there with Michaela Meyer. Let's see how good you are. Michaela Meyer, there's another fight for you. That could probably uh, do decent numbers. You're trying to build these Katie Artinsauls and Lauren Price and all that. There you go. There's Michaela Meyer. Yeah, but again it, yeah, again, it comes back to old Ben's, old Ben Shalom's techniques, doesn't it? Does he, does he want to throw her in there straight away? He'd probably let her have another thirty odd fights before he does. You could hear when that Katie Arnsall was fighting, you could hear a pin drop in there, mate. Honestly, it was just like I, I don't know if they got the profile, if they got the character, are they gonna put the bums on seats, these girls? I don't know. So sooner or later, you gotta just let's get them in a big fight. Let's what, did, go. Did you think That's that was a, a bad atmosphere then? The Jonas Mayer fight. Uh, the full uh, for the fight, the main event atmosphere was pucker, yeah. but up until then, up until then it was yeah. just quiet. Yeah, it was quiet yeah. in there. Yeah. That wasn't the best card, was it, Chuck? Old Chelly done the, the business, card. boys. Told you. Yeah, he did. Mm. Fair play. <laughs> <laughs> Got one right. Congratulations. We'll move on. Told you. We'll move on because I don't want him getting another fucking big head. <laughs> what did you think of that fight? Oh, what did I think of that fight? I, I, what I thought of that fight, Johnny B, was it was it was what it was. It's a domestic level fight, isn't it? Let's just be real about it. It's not. Neither of them are going to be world champions. I don't mean to be disrespectful to either of them, no. but... I think that's as far as it goes for both of them. Do you know what I mean? I've sent Zach Chelly's dad a, a, a message on Instagram to try and get him Who on, did? son. Me. He's coming on, apparently. Oh, did you? The old man. Zach Chelly's the greatest fighter in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this old man is yeah. fucking as mad as a box of frogs, and he's old man. <laughs> fucking hell, boy. Okay. 
Moving on then to Arizona. Yes, Ryder versus Munguia. A very, very sexy fight. It could be. It could turn out to be. It might not, but I'm fucking predicting it will be. So, Ryder coming off the Canelo defeat. A very good performance. He didn't really win many rounds, but he was a warrior in there. And Munguia coming off the Derevenchenko fight, which was fucking unbelievable. If you want to have a boxing wank... Watch that fight. That is unbelievable, <laughs> that fight, isn't it? Unbelievable. Oh, mate, it was unreal. Ah, it's class. Yeah, absolute class. And uh, fucking love Derevenchenko. Never gets the rub of the green, but I fucking love him. Um, so, yes, Munguia won that fight. Knocked uh, Derevenchenko down in that fight as well. And, uh, yeah, so uh, this one, how does it shape up? Um, Kaya, we're coming to you first. Give me your thoughts on the fight. Yeah. Mate, it's, it's a mouth-watering Matchup, I think. Absolutely mouth-watering. Just going back to the Derevinchenko fight, that's his first step up, I believe, at 168, Mungir. And as you say, he knocked him over, but still only won it 114, 113. So taking that into account, yeah, it was a really, really close fight. Closer than maybe any of the other top 168s would have had with Derevinchenko. What I'm trying to say here is Mungir has been so poorly matched in his career so far. Um, that when you step up and fight someone like Derevinchenko, especially at a new weight, you almost get fanned out. And um, I mean, at 42 and 0. Why do you think that? His CV. Why do you think he's been poorly matched? Oh, because Oscar can't afford for him to lose. It's his premium fighter now, isn't it? Who I, else has Oscar De La Hoya got? I agree he's been padded a little bit, but. Little bit? I mean, he's got nothing on his. He's got nobody nah, nah, on him. Nah. He's, got, he's got fighters Demetrius on Demetrius Ballards and fucking. Liam Smith. Jimmy nah, Kelly's. Who? Liam Smith. Yeah, Liam Smith. That was ages ago. It was 154. That was when there was a lot of hype about him. And that's when we thought he was going to go on from strength to strength. But when he stepped up to middleweight, he hasn't fought anybody. Go and have a look at yeah, his record. Okay. And he's gone a distance for a lot of people. He's been, he, honestly, 42-0. and 0, I think he's got the worst CV in boxing for someone who's 42-0. and 0. Shocking. And I think, uh, based on that, I think John Ryder's going to be too much for him. Do you? Yeah, I do. Really? I think he's going to be too much for him. I think you look at John Ryder's recent fights, you know, Canelo. I know he lost convincingly, but he's still there, you know, throwing at the end, even though he got knocked over himself. Zach Parker, he batted him. Zach Parker was supposed to do big things, kind of not put him into retirement. He's come back and had a fight since Zach Parker, but he's well off the radar since he lost to John Ryder. Beats Danny Jacobs, beats Callum Smith, gets shafted, beats Rocky Fielding, gets shafted. John Ryder is no joke at 168 pounds. And I think the only question mark you've got above it all is now he's got the Canelo money. Is he going to turn yeah. up? Because McGear's going to bring the heat. The silk pajamas. Bring the heat. Payday. Yeah. Payday. It'll bring the heat, McGear. But um, I'll give you a prediction in a minute once I've heard. Uh, Fuck, um, you're giving it to us. <laughs> yeah, <clearly laughs> right, it's going to yeah. be too Actually, much. You're right, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think Ryder wins this on points. I do. Because I feel like he's. Um, It'll just be a bit too much for him. Could be wrong. Could be a bit of a heart-ruling head pick there. But I think John Ryder wins this on points. Interesting. So, Johnny B, yeah. You've got your stockings on, bruv. You uh, just went round at De La Hoya's last night. So, yes, give us your faults. Yeah, I'm gonna call, I'm, it's going to be a draw. Um, <laughs> yeah. all right, so, 10 10 every round. 7 10 10s. <laughs> yeah, like, I, know what you're, I know what you're saying about Mungia. But do you know what it is? He's, he's fought decent fighters. But you know, it's like the middle fight just before... Right, let's go now. Let's let's get in there with a top five guy. But you know that 
you know, Takeshi and Nui or whatever, Dennis Hogan, O'Sullivan, Rosado. I know what you're saying, but it's just right. You you can obviously beat these guys. Then let's go now. And that Derevianchenko, that was a nightmare for Mungia because that Derevianchenko, you're right. He don't get the credit he deserves. Really, really good fighter. He was coming in and out at all different angles, which was causing Mungia loads of problems. And the problem I see with Mungia, for what it's worth, is that. He's an amazing fighter. He's got fast twitch muscle fibers. He can come in at speed, throw beautiful hooks to the body, and then lightning speed, like one to the body, one upstairs. Um, and he's got that power. He's got that size. He usually matches him well. He's like the bigger fighter in there. But I can see why they're waiting. Because when I was looking at that Dervianchenko fight, there was loads of times in that fight where he was just throwing like power shot after power shot after power shot. And it just weren't connecting or it's hitting the guard and that you know you like we looked at Baturbiev last week and you see how um uh energy what's the one sound see how energy zapping conservative I got it we see Baturbiev last week and we can see how economical he is with his punches like he'll step in range but he ain't just throwing loads of power punches for the sake of it he'll just hit you 40 percent 50 percent 40 percent there's 100 100 percent but so he can do that and he can save his energy stay in range and get his punches off and he can be effective but with me gear it's like he ain't got the art of that yet he just goes in throwing loads of power punches and with Ryder in that southpaw stance He's really good defensively. He has his, you know, his elbows tucked in. That right hand is forward, which I feel will be a problem uh, for Mungia. He don't just throw his jab willy-nilly. He'll keep throwing feints, feints, feints. Before you know it, he's in range. And then he just goes to work to the body, to the head. So I think he could cause problems for Mungia if Mungia is just loading up. Come the back end of the fight, John Ryder's gas tank is there. What, you know, the, the, the only time he got stopped when he was at a lower weight and he was killing himself to make the uh, weight against Blackwell. So um, I think it's good. I think Ryder's going to be a big problem for him. And you say, he's been in there with a better opposition. You just named the fights that, you know, some of them he was robbed. And it might be my heart. It might be my heart as well. But I feel that, I feel like he could win this fight. Ooh. So I feel like he could win this fight, Ryder. What I will say is this. It wouldn't surprise me if he's robbed out there, right? But this is going to be what I'm going to say. I'm going to be honest, right? Once once I watch the fight, I'm going to watch the fight after and I'm going to score it after. I bet you I come back here next week and I say, John Ryder won that fucking fight. Do you know what I mean? And I think I think he might get robbed, but I think he's going to win the fight. I think he's going to have enough. I think he's going to gas Munger. If he keeps throwing loads of power punches, but he's going to drain his uh, gas tank. And uh, yeah, that's it. Oh, well, yeah, I wasn't expecting two of you to go for Ryder there. So uh, yeah, interesting stuff. Yeah, I'd love Ryder to win, but my head says differently. I just think um, he was hurt a few times in the Derevchenko fight, but he was still warrior enough to get through it. And um, yeah, he, to me, he looks strong, man, especially in the last four rounds. He looks so strong. And mm. I just think um, I think his punch resistance is brilliant, Mungia. And um, I don't know if Ryder's got the power to make enough of a dent in him. He has to get the full respect of Mungia, and I don't know if he will. And I think Mungia late might be a bit too much for him, might get on top of him sort of in the late mm. rounds. And I, I feel um, he's going to be under the cosh, big time rider. And yeah, just that's it, really. I just see Mungia, I'm going, keeping it simple. I just see Mungia being too much for him. I'm, I'm going for like 
points win for Mungia. Mungia has definitely got the dog in him, mate. I've seen him a couple of fights he's had now. The one against Liam Smith, he does the old wanker sign, then he like, come on, puts his arms mm, up. I'm thinking. Yeah. So he's got the dog in him. He's got the spite in him. So it's going to be a, a, a spiteful fight. But yeah, I just feel like John Ryder, the start of his career just wasn't aggressive enough. And I thought he, lo- he lost some of those point decisions because he wasn't aggressive enough. And some fighters... When they have those, when they whip in those hooks and it's like that looping, that whip, it's really eye-catching. But I feel like Ryder likes to get up close and he, he throws those short punches, doesn't he? Those short hooks to the body, to the head. I feel like sometimes that's not eye-catching enough, but definitely going to have to throw his hands against Mungia. And you know what? He's got to, like, from this Mayer fight, you've seen what it's like. If you go down a couple of rounds to the home fighter... Yeah then that, he needs to go out there, John Ryder, and set his stall out from the get-go. He can't go one, two, three rounds down against Mungia. Mungia does all that flashy stuff because he won't get he won't get the, the back end of the fight. And also, it's like, how do you manage these fights? Do you, you know, if, do you wait for the last 30 seconds to put everything set around and, and then try and be eye-catching? But then by doing that, does the round run away from you when Mungia's getting work off in the <clears> first two and a half minutes? So... Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's going to be a war, um, though. So interesting, I'll just quickly say this as well. Canelo said that Ryder is the toughest Brit that he's ever fought. He's fought a few of them. That's fought, great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, he's had go. an incredible um, revival, hasn't he, Ryder? I'm so, like, as a Brit, so proud of him. Because, he's, as you say, after Blackwell and Fielding, it didn't look very good, did it? And uh, fuck yeah. him to do what he's done. And he beat Callum Smith. I don't care what anyone says. He beat Callum Smith, so he should have been a world champion. I'm glad you touched on that because I feel like had he have had he have been a world champion up till now, then I might have leaned towards Mungia because of the uh, the work rate, the energy, as you say, the, the gas tank, the, the hand speed. And, you know, something something goes away from you, didn't it? As we saw with Callum Smith against Better Be. Once you're a world champion, that you might lose a little 1%. You fulfilled all your dreams and all that. That's why James the girl retired, went into the distance. Anyone who's like won a belt, I think you must lose something because you, you're trying to reach that peak of the mountain and John Ryder hasn't reached it yet. And um, I think that might be a reason why he'll stick in there, you know, when the going gets tough. And it will because Mungia will bring the heat. He will. And there'll be a lot of close rounds. And Johnny B, you're right. You know, we might be looking at a robbery here. The rounds will be close. Mm. I'm just hoping John Ryder does enough to win it. And I think he will. But we'll see what happens. But yeah, I think he's. I'm hoping Ryder's got the desire that he had prior to the well around the Canelo fight and prior to that, because now he has got that Canelo money. You don't know how he's feeling. This fight is not for a world title, so it's you know he's gone from that incredible Canelo, all the money in the world, changed his life, never has to worry about money again, and that was for a world title. And now he's going back down, Mungia. Tough fight for what exactly in his life. So I wonder I wonder if desire-wise he's still got it. I hope he has. And also another factor for me is the age that, you know, Ryder 35, Mungia 27, hungry, man, hungry. So that, that also swings it for me. So John Ryder, he's a gym rat. He lives the life. He ain't the guy that's out there partying at the weekend and all that. So he's just a gym rat. And what was he called? The gorilla. So like in the in the gym and that, like he beats all the young kids and that, doing all their drills, all that, their um, conditioning work and stuff like that. So I don't see the age being a massive problem. But, um, but yeah, it's going to be a super exciting fight. I can't wait to see it. It's going to be brilliant. Honestly, it's going to be a fucking yeah, war. It's going to be, be warring close. Yeah. 
I can see. I think he gets hit as well. Mungia gets hit, man. That left hand of pipe from that southpaw stance. I can see him catching him. I can see him catching him, but he's got a step on him if he does that. Yeah, can't fucking wait. Can't fucking wait. I shall be getting up. Buzzing. Uh, Right, okay, moving on to another fight on the weekend over in Belfast. Crocker against Felix. So, yes, I suppose a coming-of-age fight for Crocker because um, we didn't know a great deal about him until the McKenna fight, and he was blinded in that fight. Fuck knows how McKenna stayed standing. (laughs) Just smashed him to pieces, and uh, I think the right decision for McKenna to retire, but Crocker did that to him. So, Crocker, from that fight, huge power, very tough, always coming forward, and very exciting. Felix... Yes, the Gary Cully win shocked us all. Does it say a little bit about Gary Cully? I don't know, but uh, anyway, yes, he's uh, he's had 47 fights at Felix, so he's been around, man. He's fought Isaac Cruz, he's fought Sandor Martin, but outside of that, no one mega. But yeah, 47 fights, so uh, he's very experienced, so it should be quite interesting. Um, yeah, Kaya, coming to you first, what do you reckon? I mean, look, he's also lost to Tyro McKenna. So that'll tell you a little bit yeah, about um, Jose Felix. So do you know what I mean? It's look, for me, Lewis Crocker, this is like a bit of a coming out party. It's, you know, so to speak, it's for the WBO Intercontinental Welterweight title, which will give him a good ranking, you know, in the Welterweight rankings. And um, he's got to just be careful. Just be careful. Don't get caught with anything silly in the first six rounds. And I think you should really have the skill set to beat this man on points. But this man went the distance with Sandor Martin as well. He's no slouch himself. And, um, you know, you need a, a big name coming out of Belfast. And I think Lewis Crocker could be it, for especially for the matchroom stable. And you know what? I will I'll say this as well. They're looking for opponents for Conor Ben. You know, Conor Ben's looking to get a, a decent... He's got a decent ranking in one or two of them. But if Lewis Crocker wins this belt, surely he goes up to the top, into the top five of the WBO. So then why not yeah. make Lewis Crocker versus Conor Ben? Just throwing it out there. I'm sure Lewis Crocker would love some of those apples. Yeah. I think that Jose Felix, um, his last fight was at lightweight. So now he's jumping up to welterweight. So obviously Crocker's going to have the uh, the size advantage in there. And like he's fucking tough Crocker. Do you know what I mean? I was watching that fight against McKenna. I suppose he didn't get McKenna out of there though, did he? But is that due to McKenna's chin? I mean, some of the body shots he was hitting him and the pressure and that, the fuds. But, uh, but yeah, but the thing is, is that this guy... Is a Mexican, and when you're dealing with Mexicans, anything can happen. He's got 31 knockouts on his on his record, so anything can happen, mate. It's going to be a tough fight. So yeah, it'd be interesting. The geezer can move around the ring as well. Felix, he's a decent boxer, so he's gone a distance with, with a lot of fighters. I think did uh, Isaac Cruz stopped him though, didn't he? The, the pit bull. But um, yeah, I think it'd be a decent fight. But yeah, it's kind of a tough one to call because we don't know enough about um, Crocker yet. With Felix, I watched a couple of his fights this morning, the Isaac Cruz fight, and uh, yeah, when when he is under the cosh, he don't like it. He really shells up, and uh, I'm predicting that Felix will get him under the cosh a few times, and uh, judging by from what I've seen of uh, Crocker as well, he looks very tough. So I'm thinking he's going to out-tough him, and um, I think he's going to possibly stop him. Also, just quickly, on this show, Chev Clark is fighting Thomas McCarthy. Love which it. Which is, uh, yeah, it's mental, isn't it? She's only 7-0, so they're trying Big to push, step up. Trying to push him fast, you know. But, you know, uh, <laughs> Thomas McCarthy, he's been, like, doing a comedy gigs and all that. Has he? 
Yeah, <laughs> like, stand up comedian. Yeah, I was listening to him the other day, and he's like, he's only do, he's only, he was thinking about giving up boxing a couple of years ago, and obviously his last fight was against uh, Sislak, and he lost that fight. He got stopped in that fight, and I was looking at him in that fight, and definitely a bit fleshy. So I'm thinking to myself, is this the right time for Chev Clark? Because uh, the thing is, like he can, Tom McCarty, he can fight. He's a he's a good fighter. He knows his way around the ring. But you just all of a sudden, if your mind is not in boxing and you're thinking about doing comedy jokes down a local comedy store, and then you've got Chev Clark, you know, flipping, training in the snow, pounding the beat, like, you know, sometimes yeah. father time catches up with you. He's looked a bit flat, and he, since Bill and Smith, he, he's looked very flat, and he, um, McCarthy, and Chev, Chev Clark's looked fucking great. I know he's had seven fights, but he's, I think I'm predicting big things for Chev Clark. Yeah, Chev Clark's like 33 years of age. You've got to remember that as well. He's the same age as Tommy McCarthy, Tommy McCarthy's had 25 fights. I think Chev Clark's only on his eighth fight. So a bit late in the pro ranks. So they've got to move him along. This is for the WBA Intercontinental Cruiserweight belt. I know these Intercontinentals, they don't mean fuck all, but what they do is give you a ranking. And um, yeah, they've got to move him along now. He's a really good fighter. I love his nickname as well, C4. Quality nickname. Yeah. Well, do you know what? It's that if he beat... He, he's saying he wants the British title. So I believe... Isaac Chamberlain's got the British title. Then he beat Lowell at York Hall. So there he's saying if, if he beats McCarthy, he wants to win the British title. So I don't know what you think about he that. He smashes boys. Chamberlain. Smashes you think he smashes Chamberlain, yeah? Yeah. Ooh, Chef Clark's that? a good fighter. I think that he's a really good fighter. Um, think I don't know about smashes, him. but I think I, I would pick him to win. I think um, Isaac's, he's been in a few wars, isn't he, Isaac? And he's quite handy himself. Well, I don't know, you know, he might smash William Smith, the current world champion. Oh, yeah, that was a really he had a fight. fucking war with him, didn't he? I don't know, he's moving him quick, isn't it? 7 and 0. Is it, is it, is it too quick to be throwing him there? Well, he's 33, John. You've got to go now. Yeah, well, you can't yeah. wait another two years. Just go now and start moving him, moving him along, um, you know, up, up the rankings. I, I just hope this McCarthy is fit because when I watched the interview of him, when he agreed to the Chev Clark fight, he said, he goes, oh, my trainer said to me straight away, right, that's your last drink now. We've got to go training tomorrow. So that I took from that, you've been on the beer, you've been on the sauce when you ain't been training. It's probably going to get stopped then. That's what I'm thinking. Even if it was 12 weeks ago and you ain't had a drink since then, I don't know. Has he been on the booze a lot? I, I, I have no idea. So, yeah. My prediction is Chev Clark. What are you saying, boys? Yeah, Chef Clark, Clark stoppage now. You said all that. Definitely, yeah. It, I never knew about the old stand-up. He might get knocked out and go, hold on a minute, you heard this one. Knock, knock. Fuck you, know. So, yeah, Chef Clark, <clears throat> I think, across the board. Um, and, yeah, we'll see where he goes from there. Now then, listeners... We have a new feature for you. And here it is. Mick Hennessy, lead us in. I'm not being funny. What the fuck is going on? Thank you very much, Mick. And yes. So what we're going to do in this feature is we're going to choose three topics and we're going to discuss which one is worth talking about. The what the fuck is going on moments of the past month, week, whatever. So yes, I'm going to start off with my Mick Hennessy. What the fuck is going on moment? Upper tire and fury. I mean, what the fuck is going on there? <laughs> what the actual fuck, right? So that's my moment. Kaya, what's your what the fuck moment? My what the fuck is going on here moment is 
mate, I was scrolling through socials yesterday because I knew he was filming this today, you know, just catching up on a bit of boxing news. I come across Instagram, right? And I, I, I was scrolling through and I followed Devin Haney, right? So Devin Haney's post appears in front of me. <laughs> and here he is standing there, you know, all fucking Bertie big bollocks and all of his fucking jewellery and, you know, just giving it the big and sunglasses indoors. And I think the new thing now, we don't wear skinny jeans anymore, right? He's got these jeans that are about 14 sizes too big for him, right? And he's wearing these big boots that are like fucking size 24. Look like something out of the 1920s. Do you know what I mean? Like fucking the old silent Charlie Chaplin movies. Look like a pair of boots from then. And I'm scrolling across and there's another picture. He's sitting on the bed, one of his arm with all the thing. And I'm scrolling. I get to like picture eight or nine, last picture. And there he is right in front of me. <laughs> It's fucking Bernard Hopkins with no clothes on. <laughs> with his fucking, with his fucking gloves on. I know. Doing a lot of boxing pose. And he's got his fucking arse hanging out. I'm mean, what the fuck is going on there? Yeah. Can someone please explain it? I, I still don't for know. Anyone, for anyone who ain't seen that, joke. honestly, go to Devin Haney's Instagram. Look on his last <laughs> post. And as Kaya says, eight pictures just him being a fucking rich cunt like he normally is with his watches and his fucking shit. He didn't half wear some fucking shocking clothes. But then the last yeah, picture, Bernard, Ma- Bernard Matthews, clothes, Bernard Hopkins with his fucking... Bernard Matthews! <laughs> <laughs> I've got turkey on the brain, haven't I? <laughs> turkey out of shape, man. Yeah, getting everywhere. But Bernard Hopkins with his bollocks out. I was, I was the same as you. I was like, what the fuck is that all about? What the oh, fuck mate. is going on? Right, anyway, Johnny... But B- then I go through the comments... Just to yeah, see if yeah. there's an explanation. Every fucking cunt in the comments doing the same. What's that last post, bro? What's going on there, bro? What have you got Bernard Hopkins at the end? Did, that, did he put it in there by accident? I don't know. Like, it's got to be something to do with the old um, golden boy, De La Hoya stuff. Anyway, go on, Johnny B, what's yours? All right. Yeah, mine was the interview with Adi Oladepo and Turkey Sheikh. I thought it was fascinating. The interview was on The Zone. If you look at the numbers five, on social five media, and a half million five point... 5.2 mil wow. views. Mental. So people are fucking interested in what this guy has got to say. Yeah, we all love him here. I'd say I'm going to be getting a picture in my fucking house of him, right? But throughout the interview, I'd say, you know, uh, Adi Oladepo, I thought he'd done quite well. So like speaking to him a bit like how I would speak to my nan, you know, like, oh, you're right. It was like very soft the way he was speaking to him, which I thought was quite funny. But I thought he handled it quite well. Yeah. Right, so he said a, a number of things that I just thought was amazing. I was just hanging on his every word. But... He also said in there, he goes, after Anthony Joshua beat Otto Wallin, goes, I said to I said to Anthony Joshua, I like your trainer. He's a good trainer, Ben. You should stick with him. Now you think, fucking hell, man. He's like, got the sway. It's like, if you're Anthony Joshua and you've got Turkey Al-Sheikh saying to you, I think that trainer's really good. I think you've done well. You fight more aggressive. You should stay with him. As if you're going to go and change your fucking trainer. You're going to stick with him, isn't it? If we can get in a nod from Turkey Al-Sheikh, who's holding all the money out in Saudi, you're going to stick with him. So, Turkey Al-Sheikh, I love you, bruv. Honestly, I think he's going to be the Dana White of boxing. So, my what-the-fuck moment was the 5.2 million views on the zone, Adi Oladepo, Turkey Al-Sheikh, and just listening to him, honestly. I think it's brilliant. Nice. I like right, that. Yeah, I that's like a that. very Sorry. good one. So, um, out the three, which one is uh, tickling your pickle? Well, I mean, there's no explanation to my one, so we're going to have to go with with your one, Unc, I think. Not Batar Fury, yeah. Well, at least we can talk about it. Yeah, so, at least we can talk about it. So, yeah, I'm going to start off. I mean, yeah, what the fuck is going on, right? So, <clears throat> the story is... Well, I'll fill you in for uh, listeners who don't know the full story, but, yeah. Oh, there was rumblings of Opatai going out to Spa Fury, which, if you 
looking on, you think that's fucking a brilliant sparring partner. Then the Brady's fight comes about um, on the same card. So you're thinking, okay, well, you know, sparring-wise, Brady's is not any replica to Fury. So does that work out for Opatire? But anyway, still they're going to be sparring together. So Opatire goes out there to Saudi. He does five rounds and he fucks off home. And the story is that there was no orthodox sparring for Opatire in Saudi, right? That's what the Opatire team said. So if we're to believe that, right, that means that Team Opatire have done no preparation, no organisation, and they've gone out to Saudi on a whim, hoping that there's orthodox sparring out there. The only other explanation is that they had some orthodox fighters that they was going to have come over and they hadn't come over. So when they got there, they was a bit fucked. But still, surely Camp Fury, if they really wanted to keep up a tire there, they've got enough money now. I mean, Fury's so rich, it's unbelievable. They've got enough money to say, come on, you stay. We'll get in these orthodox fighters. Opatire's gone over there and gone, fucking hell, mate. There's no orthodox fucking fighters here. What am I going to fucking do? It don't make any sense to me whatsoever. There's rumblings that he's got mm. knocked down. Some other people have said Fury knocked up a tire down. Fuck knows. But I just can't figure out in my, I just can't work out why. Because on top of this, sorry to bang on, but on top of this, that really disrupts his camp up a tire. That's a long way to Saudi from Australia. And now he's got to go back to Australia to do his sparring then come back out to Saudi and all within three weeks. So there's a monumental fuck-up happened somewhere in camp. What do you reckon? Kaya? I mean, look, I don't know what else to add because we just don't know. It's all it's all hearsay, isn't it? It's all like he said, she said bollocks. So what do we really know? I suppose you look at the facts. Why would he even go out there in the first place? He knows Fury's a switch hitter. So why would you go out there? Did you, was the Bradis fight signed at the point of him agreeing the sparring? Yeah. Maybe he agreed the sparring first. If it wasn't signed and then it was signed after, why would you still go ahead with the sparring and then then figure out there's no orthodox sparring? Or maybe Tyson Fury offered him the sparring and, and told him, you know what, if you get a fight, go on the undercard, blah, blah, blah. Maybe the conversation was had. Or maybe it's just as innocent as he said. There's no orthodox sparring. So I've got, I've got to prepare for Bradis. I'm out of here. But then why would you even get in and do five rounds? Maybe to help Fury out? A lot of he, say, he said, she said. I, I really don't know. I don't know if he, anyone's knocked, it, but if you're going knocked out each to other Sa- over. If you're going out to Saudi, though, if you're going out to Saudi, surely you've prepared your orthodox fighters to be there. Yeah. Surely. Yeah, yeah, you'd think so, wouldn't you? I mean, look, he's gone out there because it's an amazing opportunity. Like the Anthony Joshua's, your Tyson Furies, they was all going out to the Klitschko camp back in the day and that, you know, Klitschko was paying for it all. And no doubt Tyson Fury's paying for all the sparring partners and the whole team that's out there is probably coming out of Tyson Fury's uh, purse. But um, I just think it's an amazing opportunity. He's gone over there. But yeah, like if, if he was of use to Tyson Fury, Team Fury, they're keeping him there. They're getting in orthodox mm. fighters. That's They've what I got, mean. you know, a bottomless pit of money. It's just they could get anyone in, just throw anyone in for orthodox sparring, anyone they want. But they've chose not to do that. I'm assuming there's not just one ring in this gym that they're uh, they're using. I'm surely there's another gym down the road if, if there isn't. But um, I, do you know what I think? I think that 
They've done the five rounds. I think Jaya Patel's got in there and he's set about Fury. I can't see Jaya Patel getting in there and just doing tippy-tappy. I bet he's thinking yeah. to himself, do you know what? I'm going to fucking move up to heavyweight. I want to see how good I am against you. He's probably got in there and set about Fury, gave him five fucking rounds of his absolute life. And I bet you the people that are, you know, are managing the sparring and that probably thought, you know what? We could do without that. We could do without that. Yeah, it's good rounds, but at the same time, you don't want to fucking psychologically mess Tyson Fury up going into the biggest fight of his life if he's getting pummeled against Jaya Patea. And I'm not saying Jaya Patea is pummeling Tyson Fury and beating him up. I'm saying it's probably really, really hard sparring. And what I would say is at Tyson Fury's age, do you need that really, really hard sparring where you end up leaving everything that you've got in the gym before you go into a fight against Usyk. I probably, I reckon they've had five rounds for fuck that. Leave him on the sidelines. We'll get him in for little rounds here and there. But, and then, you know, Opatai's no, probably really thinking, no, I, need to be chief, well, I need to be chief sparring partner here. That's what Opatai's thinking. And if he's going to sit, I bet he would just be expecting more than five fucking rounds. He's really fucked up his cat, his, um, his camp, Opatai's really fucked up his Well, now camp. he's fighting that, he's sparring, uh, what's his name? Justin Hooney. You know, the, the, the big heavyweight, he's about fucking 10 feet tall. So how's that good practice for Brady? So that don't make sense either. But you hit the nail on the head when you said um, Team Fury. If that is the perfect sparring partner, which, you know, we, we all think it is. Maybe it ain't, but we all think it is from the outset. If that is the perfect sparring partner, you're saying to Team Up Attire, no, 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 don't go anywhere. We'll get you in the, these orthodox fighters because we need you for Fury. We need you badly. So um, we'll get in whoever you want, whenever you want. We've got the money to do it. But yeah. they clearly don't want him in camp for no, a certain reason. don't value what he's got to offer. Yeah, but then what, what, what would dry up a tyre's uh, benefit be to keep that secret? Or try, try and remain professional? To yeah. not tell everyone that he was sent yeah, home? Yeah, but what Tyson Fury's done nothing wrong? You brought him over for sparring. You've paid him money. You've allowed him to be part of the camp of a, you know, a fucking heavyweight world champion. You add five rounds. You go right. That's all we're going to use you for now. He's done nothing wrong, Tyson Fury. So if you try up a tail, you just got to think: Am I going to sit here without orthodox spine? Am I going to go back? But I believe those five rounds were seriously tough rounds. They're probably thinking: We don't need this. We don't need this in the in the lead up to Fury uh, to Usyk. Too much. I don't know. Too much. Heat. I think he's a bit more innocent than that. I think he's flown all the way over there, got paid because they said he said he'd do it, done the fire rounds and said, listen, have you got any orthodox sparring? No, we can't organise that. We're a bit too busy preparing for Usyk, so you're going to have to organise that yourself. You, but, and but then gone then from there. But then you're saying that Team Up Attire were basically unorganised and too thick to organise their own orthodox fighters out there. That's that's what you're saying. You're saying and, and you're they, saying and they, has gone and out they there. Cross-dress. Yeah, <laughs> you're saying Opatai's <laughs> gone out there basically in with the biggest fight of his life. And I know it's a rematch, but it's still the biggest fight of his life. He's gone out there unprepared, not knowing if there's any orthodox fighters for him to spar for the biggest fight of his life. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, you're right. I'm trying to I'm trying to play devil's advocate, but playing devil's advocate, I've come I've come to the conclusion that I'm making no sense. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it probably is more. It probably is more what either of you two fucking melts are saying. But um, I the right. distance travelled there as well. It's such a ball lake, such a ball lake. Australia to Saudi for just what a week or two, even less maybe. And now he's got to go all the way back to Australia, all the way back to Saudi. 
I mean, as a boxer, you don't want you don't want that fucking jet lag and all that. Maybe they ain't got the readies to start flying people out to Saudi, drop a team up a tire. That's a lot of money they've got to spend there, putting fighters up in hotels, sparring, and fucking all that bollocks. Maybe it's cheaper to go because has he made a lot of dough yet? Dry. I don't know how much he made from the last one. Oh, is his... reeling it back, boy. I'm just he's saying. Got, he's I'm got just... you on the rope, son. Oh, he's probably had a look at his bank and gone, listen, that's going to cost fucking 20 grand there, 30 grand there. Oh, let's just fucking go back home and do it. Yeah. I'm going to beat Bradis anyway. He's fucking pony. He's probably missed home. Apparently, he's a white little mummy's boy. <laughs> <laughs> Always got to throw different things into the equation. Fuck it. No, it is interesting. Yeah, fuck knows. I think the bottom line is none of us cunts know, do yeah, we? Let's be honest. That is it. And, and yeah, I'm surmising because I just got all bang interested in it because I was thinking, what? No way, really? Why are you going to only do five rounds with the perfect sparring partner? And then, yeah. Listen, one thing I will say, Unc. Is I can't have it that Fury's gone, ah, oh, this geezer's way too good. That was you, John, that said it. I can't have it this way this geezer's way too good, so we don't need him in our life. I can't have that. Because he's he's about as, as good a sparring as you're gonna get for Usyk on, on the planet. Well no, so no, no well, listen, listen that? to what I'm saying. Listen to what I'm saying. I know you're saying right? it might be too much psychologically no, if he gets the better of him. In sparring, right? Do you think Dry Patea is going to get in there? He's got his own notion of what he wants to get out of the sparring, right? He ain't going down. He ain't going over there for Tyson Fury's benefit. He's going over there for his own benefit. So he's getting in that ring because he wants to become a better fighter. So when he gets in that ring, I don't think Dry Patea is built like, oh, I'm just going to go hit, hit, back, hit, hit, just get yeah. some work and move around the ring. I think he's going to go in there and he's going to set about him. And I think he's going to go to work and see, let me see if you can deal with what I've got because I want to know. And then I well, think... then answer me this question then. So I, the question I asked earlier, was the fight with Brady signed before or after he agreed to do sparring with Tyson Fury? Does anybody know the answer to that? After. It, it, was, it was talked about for ages. It's after. It's yeah, yeah, the yeah. Brady fight was signed sure after the sparring. He was. got the call to do the sparring uh, pretty much straight after the uh, Zorro fight. Well, then it's fucking innocent, chaps. What's all this fucking getting, putting two and two together and getting 48? It's innocent, isn't it? He's agreed to do the spar and he's flown over and he's fought, done five rounds, thought this ain't for me, I ain't getting out anything out of it. And he's fucked off home. It's that simple, isn't it? All fucking trying to make a mountain out of a molehill, trying to do a podcast here, fucking <laughs> creating all these headlines. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do, That's what we do, bruv. <laughs> yeah, so maybe maybe we are looking too far into it, but um yeah, there's there's a suspicious element to it as well. That's it. That's what we'll say on it. What about the sit down with Eddie and Frank? Oh yeah, oh, fucking yeah. hell! Well, let's go. go. I'll go on to that if you like. Yeah, like it's just it's just nice, isn't it, to see? I suppose they're talking. I mean, yeah, like they're obviously creaming each other a lot at the moment. I suppose, and uh, you know, telling yeah. that story about Dubois. You know, his dad was cheering Dubois on, and then he got a little bit of something extra. And Frank Warren had the foresight. You know, this is the thing of experience. Get him over here and all that. Obviously. You're, uh, yeah, you're throwing him a bone. You're massaging his ego and that. But, like, whatever. Like, I'm just happy to see it because I just want to see, you know, the best fight the best. And do you know what I was thinking when I was watching it, right? I just feel like Ben Shalom over there, Sky Sporks, I just don't know how long he's got left. I really don't. And I just think to myself, with Sky Sports... <laughs> the Ben, that it comes there every week, did it? The Ben segment of the podcast. If you ever have a, get a dog or have a son, you are never calling him Ben. That's a yeah. fact. <laughs> yeah. 
little dog Ben, if he gets a poodle next year, I think he can rule the name no, Ben out. Do you know what the thing is? <laughs> I just think to myself, like he's had a night, like for a start, it's like, I, imagine when Ben Shalom came into boxing, like if you would have told him then, guess what's going to happen? Saudi are going to come in and Frank Warren and Eddie Earn, they become best mates and you're going to get frozen out. You'd be like, as fucking if, that's never going to happen. Like, And guess what? It's happened. It's actually happened. But yeah, like Ben Shalom, like even this whole thing with that Mazar Majid, whatever his name, the fucking geezer went to prison for the, uh, the, the, the fixing in, in cricket and that. Like, what's that <laughs> all about? One of Boxer's associates have given 80 grand in an envelope or whatever, 80 grand yeah, cash. that's fucking like, mad. Get, remember I said to you before about Ben Shalom stuck in the 80s? Yeah. But this crypto shit now people do. Like, you're still doing fucking 80 grand in a bag, man. Stuck in the 80s, <laughs> bruv. Like, you can't even do that fucking right, man, it feels like. But, yeah, I, anyway, man, I do <laughs> <laughs> I just think that um, with Sky Sports, I just think that you ne- that needs to be a platform where you just pay money for these big fights and these big cars to go on that platform. And I don't know, Eddie and Frank, they're working together. But I mean, like Frank Warren, he's there, you know, the big cheese, the big smile and that. When you look at what's going on for TNT this year, not much. Apart from his little bits and bobs he's doing in Saudi, they've got Hamza Shiraz v. Liam Williams. Then they've got Heaney v. Brad Pauls. That's, that's their schedule. Ain't they got, ain't they got Fury yeah, Usyk, though? Well, that's in Saudi. I said apart from the Saudi. But you want to oh, look at I their schedule right. on TNT, whatever. Magnificent Seven? Ain't that's, that on that's the Heaney, Brad Pauls headline. And then, then you've got Hamza Joyce Shiraz v. Liam Williams. As well, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. Sitting there like fucking. Well, I was going to ask this. I was going to ask this. So yeah, every everything's you know tailored around Saudi now. So we got the old matchroom schedule as well, didn't we? Zapeda Smith versus Zapeda, Gill versus Barrett, uh, Sandy Ryan and Harper on the Smith Zapeda fight as well. Does it look like there's a little bit of neglect for the British scene now? Yeah, yeah, there is sadly. And I don't think. I mean, I'm up for it. I'm I'm up for the uh, Smith versus Cepeda fight. No, that's brilliant. I am. Um, but um, yeah, just in general, I can't say I got. I can't. I can't say I got mega excited for the old uh, Matchroom schedule as much as I love Matchroom. I just yeah didn't get double excited. I just think we've got to start looking at this differently, right? And I know it's horrible because we all want to fucking buy tickets and go and have a big night out at the boxing, right? You know, fucking get your suit on and all that. All the lads out, and misses out and all that. You suit? Do you like, wear suits at boxing? Well, I don't know. You see them all in the crowd. <laughs> in I'm putting your tuxedo on, 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 on where to go suit. boxing. I still I've never wear hoodies seen you in at my a suit age. in your life, you can't. <laughs> I wear one at your wedding, if that counts. <laughs> um, I don't remember no, much of that. What I was going to say was, is I feel like this has got to, it's got to be a bit like this. I feel like the, the fights now in the UK are like a feeder. It's like the rest of your roster. Now you can stick them on all these cards. Just be be prepared, everyone. You're going to get weaker cards here, but it's like a winner stays on situation. So if you win, you get to go and fight in Saudi and be, you know, amongst these all these massive cards, you know, snack to the rafters. I think That's it's going it to be a bit like. like well, it's going to be a bit like that now. So it feels like these fights are qualifiers to get they are. the winner gets the, the winner gets the Saudi payday. I think I think that's yeah. exactly what they are. But at least then people now there were a lot of fighters that weren't even getting fights before because the Saudis weren't about. Do you know what I mean? Like they were just waiting. When am I fucking fighting? 
and people were jumping around from promoter to promoter. What you know, Josh Warren and went to Frank Warren and come back to Eddie Earn. And I think you're going to get less of that. I think people will just stay as they are and just fight on these cards. There'll be less money though. But now you've got to fight. Now you've got to be in proper 50 50 fights. So I think the longevity of the sport will benefit from this. Yeah, but um, but it does because but- Dalton Smith, for example, would they have risked him in this fight this early? If all this stuff he's had fifteen fights. It's time to go. Jose's a played up. Yeah, he's, maybe he's lost three or four times. It's fucking big step up, though. Fuck me, Ma- massive step up. Yeah, yeah. This is the one. Let's let's see what you made of Dalton Smith. Let's see what you made. Mm. Brilliant fight. Happy for that to headline. He's a big prospect, uh, Dalton Smith. They're putting a lot of money and backing behind him. Perfect fight, right? But Jordan Gill v Zelfa Barrett at the Manchester Arena. That ain't a headline. That's a chief support at best. Like they're dining out on that Jordan Gill victory over Conlon. Zelfa Barrett, he's not fought for a while. But I look at that and thinking, is that really a headline? I don't know if that's a headline at the Manchester Arena. You know, it that's, is Jordan, that's chief support. It is. That's chief. No, let me get this uh, out. Let me not, unload not this. The, not the Manchester Arena. It definitely. It, it's not a headliner. That ain't a headline. It's not a great headline, but it's a headline. If if, if Gill well, Conlon, it's obviously a headline. <laughs> no, but it is, I think it's if, if you're going to say Gill Conlon's a headline, and this is a headline. Nah, right? Conlon brings a bit more. He's he's got. He's lost the last fucking yeah, but fights. it's the whole the amateurs and it's the whole the A side. All of the like, he could get forty thousand brings a big crowd. I mean oh, Jordan Gill Barrett, but the thing is, is that what they're doing is they're waiting, Matram. They're trying to get Taylor um, Catterall signed. Obviously the Katie Taylor fight, the Wood Warrington or whatever. Bam Estrada, uh, Belanga Mungia. There's fights in the pipeline that Matram are trying to get over the line. So if you add Josh Warrington v Wood. You know, or you had, you know, Taylor v. Catterall, stuff like in amongst that. Like, I, I think the Zilpha Barrett, that should be co main to like a Wood v. Warrington or something like that. So you've yeah. got to be careful. Yeah. We don't just sign up for this stuff. Do you know what I mean? Well, you, you've mentioned a few there that, yeah, in the pipeline, they will be good when they get announced, like Taylor Catterall and uh, Wood Warrington. But uh, yeah, at the minute, it's a bit thin. But I suppose it doesn't really matter to a point because. We're getting all that. What's going on in Saudi? Yeah. We've got, yeah, yeah fucking Joshua and Garner, and we're going to have a mega undercard and that, bet your life. And then Fury Usyk as well, it, like, great yeah. undercard. And Fury Usyk is just sensational as it don't is. Don't forget. So maybe it don't matter. Don't forget Boxer. Don't forget Boxer in all this, yeah. Chris Billiam Smith v. Reactport, that was announced. Marku v. Congo, that was announced. Yeah. And then they've got the whole... They're whatever. good fights. Let's yeah. give credit where credit's due, yeah. right? We yeah. give them enough shit. So let's give credit where credit's due. They're good, really, really good fights, but he had to make them. You had to give us yeah, something, Ben Shalom and Sky Sports. You had to. And you've got Boatsy and Aziz. That's about to go as well. So those three fights, that, let, let's, let's be real here. Those three fights, Boatsy and Aziz, Chris Billings Smith, Reactor, yeah. Marku v. Congo, are better in the UK than TNT and Matram. Stick that in your pocket. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what else will happen as well? Off. All these fighters will get more airtime. They'll get more chances to fight on the TV. So it will, it will, you know, improve the chances of the upcoming fighters. We'll start getting more familiar with your Sam Noakes and this type of fighter. Do you know what I mean? Coming up through the ranks. And um, I think they'll, they'll get more airtime because, uh, as you say, um, Unc, all the big cars are going to be over in Saudi. So, you know, they need to fill the, the roster with something. Who wins? Marku v. Congo. Oh, all over it. I'm all over that. On, early predictions. Marku. You got Marku? <sighs> Congo's got the skill to just keep it long and box his head off. So I'm going to go 
Congo on points. Yeah, I think the same. I think the same as you, son. Yeah. Um, Kaya. Um, and and then what do you think about Chris Billiam Smith v Riakpor? Well, it's a funny one, isn't it? Like, there's a part of me that goes, I, I really like Riakpor, and I'm not slating him here, but he's come to the point where he fought Billiam Smith all them years ago. And then he's just gone completely backwards. And now he's gone in what's considered a step up into Billiam Smith, who he's already beat years ago. So <laughs> it's not a very good look, is it? Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like he went, he went Billiam Smith all the way up here. Great. And then he went, <laughs> and then he's gone oh, yeah, up, back up to Billiam Smith and he hasn't lost a fight. And it just doesn't make sense to me, but I'm up for the fight. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Billiam Smith's a different animal now to what he was in the first Riakpour fight. I don't know. I'm going to have to good, have a good think about that. My gut feeling, my gut feeling says says Billiam Smith based on the shit opponents that Riakpour's been in with. I think it's going to be a fucking long night for him. What are you saying, Kyle? I um, I think Riakpour puts him in a spliff. <laughs> <laughs> But nobody's put Billum Smith in a spliff. As he said, at the end of his fight, I'm going to put Chris Billum Smith in a spliff. And um, I think that's exactly what's going to happen. I think um, Billum Smith, last performance against Masternet weren't great. And that's against a much older, shop-worn man than Riakpour is. And if I'm Eddie Earn, I'm looking at Riakpour, big godlike figure. Do you know what I mean? Burberry, catwalk model, wins them belts. I'll make a play for him. I'll make a play. I don't know how many fights he's got left with Boxer, but I'll, I'll go back and grab him if I'm him because he's going to go up to heavyweight. Yeah. And what? how, how marketable is he going to be if he's if he's under the, the Matram banner? That's what he's, I'm doing. He's me, still got the Akoli fight to deal with, mate. If he beats Chris Billiam Smith, that's who he's got to deal with, Akoli. I don't know nothing about this this court case thing with Ben Shalom, by the way, with the Boazzi thing. Did they snatch him under, under contract? I was under, under the impression that... He, does anyone really know about that? No, all I know is Buatsi's still, still to this day on the uh, Matchroom website. As yeah, I see one that. Of their fighters. Yeah, I see that. When we was doing the five v five, I went, "What the fuck is he doing there?" Eddie must have. Eddie must have some uh, very strong grounds to go on because, um, like you say, they would have removed him. Or they just got shit um, people that work in the admin department and have yeah, can't it. do the internet. <laughs> Oh, Frank Smith spinning a lot of plates dealing with all the I thought you was going to say that, but no, I, I, I go on that Matchroom website um, every now and again to uh, just check on their fighters and whatnot. And you do see a lot of people added and removed. Um, so he's still there for good reason. I've got another one I'll ask you boys, right? What do you make of Joe Joyce comeback opponent? Do you feel like <laughs> that was a, it's like you're fucking so underwhelmed? That this has happened. Joe Joyce, you know, the juggernaut himself. I love Joe Joyce, by the way. I think he's, even when I listen to his interviews, I think he's golden because you just never know what he's going to say next. But um, I feel like that's a real fucking just crashing down to reality, isn't it? Cash Ali in your next fight when you're supposed to be the next big thing. I don't know. Would you reckon? Unk, I'll come to you first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean... Obviously, on paper, it's it's not it's not the best fight in the world. I looked at it and I thought Cash Ali, and then I looked at Joshua after Usyk going in with Franklin. Maybe Franklin's a bit better, but it's still considered that kind of 
rebuild fight, isn't it? Mm. So give him a squeeze. He has been knocked uh, out twice. I it's suppose. not. It's not. Do you know what? With Cash Ali, it's a weird one because we all know him from the uh, the fucking biting David Price's head off. But um, <laughs> he ain't a bad fighter. He actually ain't a bad mm. fighter. I'm not justifying the fight. I'm just saying he ain't actually a bad fighter. He's just got a very bad reputation from that night. So it might be kind of interesting for a while. Um, but, you know, yeah. It's it, a fall from grace. Very, they were very hard. There is a fall from grace, unfortunately. But they were very hard defeats yeah. um, with Zhang. So it would be good for him to get a confidence booster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just getting back in there, so getting him I, I, I very much doubt that it'll be Cash Ali and then, you know, like a Takam fight, it'll be Cash Ali and then a proper fight. It'll be Cash Ali and then Dubois or, you know, maybe Parker again or something like that. So, John? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's the way he was stopped against Zhang, yeah, definitely just get him. I mean, everyone was saying that he should, even Frank Warren, I think, said he should retire. That's his fucking promoter. So, um, a lot of people calling for him to retire, but as you say, like look at the landscape now. Look at what you know Joe Parker's done now. Look at what Daniel Dubois has done. So you know he's done well, and he ain't even had a fight. So I think yeah, go in there if he can knock him out, see if his chin holds up again. Because guess what, he's going to get hit on his chin. See if he holds up. See if he is shot, and then um, and then roll the dice. And the thing is, with all that Sally money, I don't know, but I would assume Joe Joyce ain't made enough money that he can retire on. So let's just just keep him there or thereabouts, and then you know the chips might fall in a nice place, and he can just go in there and have a big fight. Uh, he deserves he deserves to be able to retire from boxing, don't you think? What he's done what financially in, sound, yeah, 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 yeah. Man, he deserves yeah, he a does. big fight. No, does, like yeah. Some of the the wins he's had, and he took a lot of risks in his he's in his fights. He's fought a lot of tough guys early on in his career, Joe Joyce. He ain't had that many fights. I know it took him a long time to turn over from the Olympics. So yeah, I, I really like Joyce. So beat him and then put yourself there or thereabouts. And they say, the Daniel Dubois, is that a fight for him? That's the fight. I'm calling that, mate. I yeah. think Joshua Fury, if we can get that get that going, then that's a perfect undercard fight, isn't it? Joris versus Dubois. Well, in in Saudi, yeah, it does huge numbers. Dubois' next fight is going to be exciting because it is going to be either, you know, Joyce, Parker, Wardley. Um, but you, you never know. It could be fucking Zhang. It's really exciting times for Dubois, man. And and do you know what? And do you know what? Like to go full circle, like John Ryder is fighting Mungia right this weekend. John Ryder's had six losses on his record. Now look at how everybody views John Ryder now. From you know when he lost that first fight, and like he's a perfect example. It doesn't matter if you've got fucking losses on your record. Like the Mexicans love John Ryder. Like you say, Canelo, the, you know the best British fighter. I thought absolute war with Canelo. I think he's gonna have a great fight with Mongia. People want to see him in fights. He's always in exciting fights. He gives it everything. And this is the thing now with you, Dubois and you, Joe Joyce. Now, please, please, God, can we all just forget about fucking losses on records? Mm, yeah, Dubois, well Louis done, son. It don't matter. It's a, it, it, yeah, if we was going on that logic, then when Parker lost to Joyce, exactly. he should have retired, shouldn't he? Exactly. If we're going on that logic. But, yeah, I think we could get a nice little surprise from Joyce. I, like, assuming he beats Cash Alley, which he should, as long as he don't get fucking eaten. Um, <laughs> once he wins that fight, if he's in his next fight, it could be Dubois. And he's beaten Dubois. He could he could beat Dubois again. I don't and know then, what that does know, for him, though. On, he's back on top. I don't know what the Dubois fight does for Joe Joyce. I think there might it, be it another... It gives him the WBA belt, mate. The huh? WBA regular. Yeah. But it's, no, I know, well, but it's, still, it's still exciting, isn't it? It's Manuel exciting. Char for, for Joe Joyce after that. That's a fight, isn't it? Manuel Char. He's nah. got that WBA regular belt. 
Nah, it's got to be a WBA regular belt, mate. Chase that. Nah, yeah. It's got to be. A- it's got. It's got to be. It's got to be like a good, a very good Saudi fight. Joyce versus Char is. It's all right. Joyce versus Wilder. Just throwing yeah, it out yeah. there. Just throwing it yeah. out there. Joyce versus Wilder. Maybe a cowboy L. Good fight. Yeah, I think Chase fight. the WBA regular belt might give you mandatory status to have a pop at all the belts. Okay, that well that That's makes sense. That, but then also it's like whatever fight Joe Joyce has. On the one hand, it has to be a decent name where you can get a good pot of money through having that fight. So if you lose, then at least you've got that amount of money. But at the same time, it needs to be a route to get to someone else. I just don't know. Mm. Beating Dubois. I mean, Dubois. I mean, as much as I'm high on Dubois, but again, it's like you only beat fucking Gerald Miller. Like, let's be real about things. Like, I want to see the next fight that Dubois is in. I want to see Dubois. See if you can beat Ward. beat Usyk and all. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, it's still a very exciting fight because of the... uh because of the rematch aspect and uh, the way it ended last time. So I'm going, I'm going. So uh, yeah, look forward to Joe Joyce's return. We shall talk about that in the coming weeks. And uh, yeah, I think that, that just about does it for this week, chaps. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. And uh, thank you all for listening. Good luck to Crocker against Felix. Good luck to Ryder against Mungia. Hopefully the Brit can bring it home. Anyway, yes, uh, look forward to it. Thank you very much, everyone. We'll see you soon. Oh, gosh.